There is a lot going on between the NCAA and the University of Tennessee, the University of Florida, and Florida State University. So you might say, well, what does that have to do with LSU? I think it has a lot to do with LSU. You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's up, y'all? Welcome in to Locked on LSU. Thank you for making us your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. But do not forget, we also are on YouTube as well. Just search Locked on LSU in the search bar. Hit the subscribe button, and you'll get notified as soon as new episodes of the podcast drop. Today's edition of Locked on LSU is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today, and you'll get 200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. All right, well, let's get into it because there has been a lot going on uh, with the NCAA and Tennessee and Florida State and Florida. Now, a lot of you are probably thinking, well, if it doesn't have to do with LSU, then no, I haven't been following it. I don't really care. And really, for the most part, I would probably agree with you that if it doesn't affect LSU, then I'm not going to get into the woods with and get into the weeds with it. I'm not going to be overly concerned about it. But I think that this is different because the NCAA initially launched an investigation into Florida State for NIL violations. Then it was Florida. Now, most recently, it's Tennessee. So how does this affect LSU? Well, there's been three schools that are affected. My question is, why would LSU not worry about them potentially being that next school that the NCAA might launch an investigation into? Uh, but that's the same thing. Why, why is Texas, uh, Texas A&M maybe not going to be the next? Texas, Alabama, Georgia. I don't think anyone is safe from a potential NCAA violation. Now, I want to focus in on what has been going on at Tennessee, just because it's the most recent one, and why this potentially could affect LSU, and why this is a much bigger story than just Tennessee or Florida or Florida State or potentially LSU, Texas A&M, Georgia, Alabama, so on and so forth. So Tennessee has been notified that there uh, that the NCAA is launching an investigation into the University of Tennessee for potential NIL violations. Now, when I first read that, I pr- probably thought the same thing that you're thinking right now. And how, how can you violate NIL? Like, how can you break NIL rules? Like, this, this is literally a system that has no rules. How in the world could you break them? So upon further information, we learned that Tennessee right now, and this is just what we know, there could be a a lot to this that we don't quite know yet that the NCAA is investigating. So basically, in a nutshell, Tennessee was recruiting their now starting quarterback, Nico Iyamaleava, who had an $8 million NIL deal. There was a collective donor that flew Nico Iyamaleava on their private jet from his home in California to Knoxville. Now, The NCAA is investigating that for breaking NCAA guidances that as of May of 2022, the NCAA wrote a guidance 
that collectives should be held to the same standard as traditional booster rules did. So if you're unfamiliar with that, before NIL, boosters, school boosters were not allowed to give impermissible benefits to any student or prospective student athlete. So basically, you know, a booster couldn't give a football player a ride from the airport back to their dorm. Um, And so as of May 2022, the NCAA, again, released a guidance that NIL collective and collective donors should be held to that same standard. The problem here is Nico Yamaleava was given that plane ride before that guidance. However, the NCAA is holding Tennessee accountable for a rule that was not even a, that's not even a rule now, it's a guidance, but holding them that if it, to the point that it is a rule, to the standard that it was a rule, before it was even a guidance. So essentially, it's like me telling you, hey, I think that you should wear red yesterday. And it's like, okay, well, I wore blue yesterday. Okay, well, now you're in trouble because I said that you should wear red yesterday and you wore blue. So essentially, you broke a rule. Like, kind of in in overly simplified terms, that's exactly what the NCAA is doing. Now, this has been fought back heavily by the University of Tennessee, by public officials in the state of Tennessee. And the reason why I'm very familiar with this is because I do sports talk radio in the state of Tennessee. And this has been a huge topic of conversation. But the reason why I think that this is relevant for LSU is because I don't think that Tennessee, nor Florida, nor Florida State were the only programs and schools across the country that maybe broke a guidance before it was a guidance by the NCAA. And I don't think that those are the only three schools that the NCAA is going to hold accountable for, again, breaking those guidances before they were guidances and not even rules. So that's why I bring this up, is because I am sure that after NIL became a thing, before the NCAA even came up with a a, a semblance of an idea of how to create rules, create boundaries, or even how to enforce those rules. I'm sure LSU was doing those things, the same things that Tennessee might have done, the same things that Florida State might have done, because they weren't against the rules, because there were no rules. So we've seen a few schools come out with, with, the news of potential NCAA violations. And my message to you is honestly, get ready, gird your loins, because it's probably going to come out because it is no mystery to, and it is no secret to you, to me, to any of us, to anyone across the country that LSU has been heavily involved in NIL. You know why? Because it's allowed and because there were no rules. So I'm just saying, get ready because LSU could be part of this. Now, is there more to the Tennessee story that we know? Probably so. Is there going to be a lot more to the potential LSU story that may or may not come out? Things that happen behind closed doors that we won't know about? Honestly, yeah, probably so. But what I want to get into coming up next is really more so what this means for college football as a whole, because Tennessee is taking this to court because Tennessee has filed a complaint to the U.S. District Court that the NCAA is violating antitrust laws. 
for investigating Tennessee and for potentially putting any sort of NCAA sanctions on Tennessee. What the antitrust law basically says is you are eliminating a competitive environment if you do not allow schools to use NIL as a factor in recruitment. The NCAA says it, it can't be pay for play, that you cannot use NIL in recruiting. Everyone uses NIL in recruiting. Let's not be naive here. Recruiting at a high school and recruiting in the transfer portal, and it's not just football, it's baseball, it's basketball, it's women's basketball. Every sport does it. And most programs, big time programs across the country, they do it. So Tennessee is pushing this in court. If Tennessee wins, what does that mean for the future of the NCAA and its governance around all of college sports and college football? We'll get into that coming up next after just a few words from our sponsors. All right, I want to tell you about FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all of those who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So if you are like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. So one of my favorite things about Super Bowl Sunday, honestly, the commercials are amazing. The food is great. Buffalo chicken dip is my personal favorite. But another thing that I love is placing really fun bets. And honestly, I don't know why I do it. I just happen to do it every single year. It's like a tradition at this point. I have to place a bet on what the color of the Gatorade is going to be. This year, I'm leaning orange. I don't know what it is, but I lean orange. But FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a dub or two or three. And not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers, join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, thanks again for making Locked and LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. So check out Locked On Sports today. It's here for you 24-7, and it covers the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every single league. So go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 seven streaming channel. All right. So we're kind of digging into NCAA against the university of Tennessee. The NCAA is trying to hold Tennessee accountable to NIL rules that were not rules at the time. And honestly, that aren't rules now. Uh, and the NCAA is trying to push back by saying you cannot use NIL in recruiting. Whereas Tennessee is saying, hey, yo, look, that's a violation of antitrust laws. That antitrust laws exist to facilitate a competitive marketplace. That's capitalism. And the NCAA essentially would be in violation of capitalism if they try to hold NCAA member schools account accountable to that guidance, that attempt to add a structure of, you know, hey, you can't use it in recruiting. Well, that that's not a competitive marketplace. So where does it go from here? Honestly, you know, I, I don't know what the NCAA can do. Because look, I'm in favor of rules. 
I'm in favor of guidance. I am in favor of having blanket NIL guidelines, laws, practices, whatever it might be across all 50 states in America. Because right now, it's just the Supreme Court case ruled that players should be able to make money and can make money based off of their name, image, and likeness. And there is zero cap that you can put on that. The reason why there are salary caps that exist in Major League Baseball and the National Hockey League in the NFL is because those are collectively bargained. And those collective bargaining agreements are allowed when there is a players union. Those players unions exist in the NFL, in the NHL, in Major League Baseball, in every professional league in the sport. So there cannot be a cap with the amount of money that college football players can make because there is no collective bargaining agreement. And a cap without a CBA is against the law per the Supreme Court, per a unanimous Supreme Court ruling. And you and I both know the Supreme Court doesn't agree on anything unanimously. They're not, they they don't agree with one another. So we're getting into legal jargon. We are getting into the constitution at this point. That is where we are at with NIL. So what comes next? If Tennessee wins this court case, I don't know what the NCAA truly can do to enforce any sort of laws or rules when it comes to NIL. Sure, the NCAA can say you can't tamper. Yeah, totally. That's allowed. uh, And sure, the NCAA can say that you need to take a certain number of classes and you need to have a certain GPA in order to be eligible to, to play sports and participate in collegiate athletics. Totally. Yeah. That's what the NCAA is there for. Uh, Transfer portal rules, you know, whatever it might be. If you agree with it or not, I don't, but that's what the NCAA is there for. The NCAA, however, is now getting, is now breaking the law. If it comes anywhere close to trying to enforce rules and regulations when it comes to NIL. And if Tennessee wins this court case, then Tennessee shows that, hey, the NCAA is violating antitrust laws by trying to limit what we can do with our NIL money and by trying to apply retroactive rules to what we did and the now crimes that we have now committed in the eyes of the NCAA, even though it wasn't a crime at the time, I truly don't know what the NCAA can do. And I think that that is the first step in potentially big-time college football programs breaking away from the NCAA. I think that this means that there's one of two things that are going to happen. One, college football representatives, Greg Sankey, uh, athletic directors and presidents across uh, across college sports, um, commissioners across other leagues, they're going to to bring this to Congress. Crazy, I know. But now all 50 states have different NIL laws. That's not sustainable. And there's nothing the NCAA can do. So it's going to have to be something that goes to the federal courts to say, hey, this is what we're dealing with right now. This is why we need federal intervention, because we're dealing with a Supreme Court decision that the best thing that I can say that college sports can do to try and use, you know, whatever adage that we've been talking about with NIL, taming the wild, wild west, putting the toothpaste back into the tube, whatever it might be, the only people 
the only powers that be that exist that can try and create at least some uniformity across NIL, it, it is Congress. That's one of two things that I think can happen is this is going to be pushed in Congress and there is going to be federal NIL law that it is no longer up to the state. So, for example, in Missouri, if you are a high school football or a high school athlete, and you commit to an in-state Missouri public institution, then you can start making NIL money in high school. That's specific to Missouri. Well, that's a, a, a recruiting advantage that Missouri has that other states don't. Same thing with California. You can start making NIL money in high school. Well, that's that's a that's a competitive advantage for public schools in the state of California. You see what I mean here? We need uniformity. There's a lot of gray area. It's not black and white. I think that a lot of NCAA member schools would like it to be more black and white, but this is what you can do. This is what you can do. The second thing is maybe we're getting to a point where the SEC and the Big Ten are going to create two super conferences that break away from the NCAA, that it'll be two super football conferences. I guess it kind of resemblance of the AFC and the NFC and the NFL. They break away from the NCAA. They create their own their own collective bargaining agreement. They create their own players union. And the governing body is the college football playoff. It's not the NCAA. They're not held to the same NCAA rules. That college football and major college football programs will break away and, and have their own semi-professional league, essentially. Now, what does that look like? Well, the players most likely would have to become employees of the universities. Well, that opens up a whole nother door of, well, when you're an employee of a public state university, you know, they get certain benefits. You have to get, offer insurance. And what, are they no longer student athletes? Do they have to go to school? Well, after all, they're employees. So there's so many doors that that now opens. And while it solves some problems, it creates so many other problems. And other people that are way smarter than I am would probably figure out exactly what that means. But that's what I think we're getting to. And that's what I think is going to happen sooner rather than later. So how does that affect LSU? There is no super conference without LSU. That, that would be a football program that would be involved in potentially breaking away. Of, We've already seen Brian Kelly you know, go to Capitol Hill and start campaigning for more uniformity in NIL. Does that start to become something that both Brian Kelly and Louisiana public officials start to push even harder for? I, I don't know. But I think that this tennis, this most recent example with Tennessee, it's not Tennessee against the NCAA. Frankly, it's college football against the NCAA. Because while it's just a battle that Tennessee is fighting for itself right now, I think it's only going to be a matter of time. That when the things that, ten, that the NCAA is trying to hold a Tennessee accountable for, they also are going to try to hold other big programs across college football accountable for, to try and show at least some semblance of control around NIL, when truly, frankly, the NCAA has no control over NIL. Super, super fascinating. We'll continue this conversation coming up next.
All right, rolling along here, locked on LSU. Uh, when I get into some Senior Bowl thoughts, I, I do want to get into, you know, players, LSU players that are at the Senior Bowl. I saw a video of Charles Turner uh, catching a, a little touchdown pass in some of the drills today, so it was fun to watch and fun to uh, to follow some coverage from all of the LSU beat writers uh, and people that are there representing LSU. So we'll get into more of that on tomorrow's edition of Locked on LSU. Uh, But one thing that I did want to touch on is the fact that Jaden Daniels is not there. Now, honestly, I I knew that Jaden Daniels had gotten the invitation earlier on in the season. um, And I I hadn't really thought about it. I don't know if it was just because I assumed him to be there. I assumed him just to not be there. I I just, I hadn't really thought about it, to be honest with you. I was more so thinking Jaden Daniels in the NFL draft. Now, I think the Senior Bowl, it's, if you've never been able to go, it is an absolute blast of an actual game and of a week uh, and just a really cool initiative to get maybe some guys that aren't known to be the top five, top ten, even first-round draft picks just to get them in front of the eyes of general managers and owners across the league and to have those interviews or just to kick off the draft process and to kind of facilitate in the draft process. Because I can only imagine, and I don't think this gets talked about enough, how difficult that is, like mentally, emotionally, physically, to go from being a big fish in a small pond, being the guy in college, and then transitioning into this new process that might feel completely foreign. Now you're a teeny tiny fish in the most massive pond that there is. You're going through interviews. What do you expect? It's just a lot. It's a changing time. You know, it's just a transitional period where you're going from something that you've known for three, four, even five years to now something that's completely new and different. Um, so I think the Senior Bowl is such a wonderful event. It's a wonderful initiative for all of these players. It's a wonderful opportunity for NFL coaches and general managers to get a kickstart on the process. And I think Jim Nagy, who's the head of the Senior Bowl, does a fantastic job getting some some eyes and some notoriety around the the event. So overall, huge fan of the Senior Bowl. Uh, Jaden Daniels is not there. And I don't think that there is any sort of, you know, big underlying meaning there or that he's injured or anything like that. I'm, I'm not overly concerned about it because when you think about it, the Senior Bowl is a great opportunity to get in some work and to get in front of uh, GMs and, and coaches in the NFL. Jaden Daniels right now is projected to be a top 10 pick, even a top five pick. As much as I absolutely love the Senior Bowl, I don't know if this if Jaden Daniels necessarily needs the Super Super Bowl. I'm gonna say that a couple times. If Jaden Daniels needs the Senior Bowl, I don't I don't think that he does. He's already projected to be, you know, a top three quarterback taken in this year's draft, even a top three pick in this year's draft. So I wouldn't be overly concerned about it if you saw something that Jaden Daniels isn't there and you're thinking, oh my goodness, why not? What's going on? Is he hurt? Like, what's going on here? I think it's just simply because he did enough in the regular season, won the Heisman Trophy, showed what he could do, showed his development from year one to year two, that he just simply did not need to go to the Senior Bowl. He doesn't need to be in the eyes of GMs and coaches across the National Football League because he's, he's honestly already there. So I wouldn't think too much into it. It's it it's not it's not that big of a deal. I think that it's going to be okay, but it is it is cool to see a whole lot of uh, of LSU former LSU players representing LSU at the Senior Bowl. So we'll get some more Senior Bowl content broken down on the podcast coming up on tomorrow's edition of Lockdown LSU. Plus, on tomorrow's edition of Lockdown LSU, I'm going to touch on some transfer portal thoughts. There are lots of uh, that I've seen on LSU Twitter. Some very strong feelings, one way or another, on LSU's transfer portal hall, and maybe lack thereof. 
So we'll touch on that tomorrow. Did LSU do enough in the transfer portal so far in the transfer portal window? We'll get into that coming up on tomorrow's edition of Locked on LSU.